Hey everyone, how's it going? It's Darren here with Craftsman Creative, and I got a quick bonus episode for you today. Trying to get my podcast back up and running after doing the 10K Creator Show last fall. So here's the deal. I did an awesome Twitter space yesterday with a friend named Ilza, and it was a great conversation. So I thought I'd share it here. Uh, I've asked her permission. She said it was totally okay for me to repost it. And so I'm going to just share it here and you'll be able to check out some of the things we talked about. We talked about building a business online. Some of the things that go into that, some of the things we discussed are, you know, how do you find awareness? How do you connect with your audience? Um, We dove into a lot of cool things. And so I think it's going to be a great conversation for you to listen to wherever you're at, whatever you're doing. Turn it on in the background and get some nice inspiration for your creative business for the rest of this week. So thank you again to Ilza and for having me on and inviting me on her Twitter space. I hope you enjoy this. And hey, I've got one little call to action for you. I've been putting a lot more time and effort into the Society of Independent Creators this year. We kicked off the year with our inaugural 10K challenge. It was a two-week kind of cohort-based course inside of the community, and it was great. We had six sessions. We had some amazing guests like Rob Lennon, Daniel Priestley, and Haley Berry, who came and did some guest presentations for us, and it was so, so, so good. And I would invite you to come check it out for free. Yeah, you heard that right, for free. This is a $200 event that I'm giving you access to for free for 30 days. So all you need to do to get access to that is go check out the link in the show notes, but I'll give it to you now. It's craftsmancreative.scoreapp.com, S-C-O-R-E-A-P-P.com, craftsmancreative.scoreapp.com. And take that free scorecard. So all that's going to do for you, it's pretty awesome. It's going to give you some nice insight on where you're at today with your creative business. Whether you're a solopreneur, whether you have a business with five or ten employees and you're making a few hundred K or even million plus a year, this will give you some insight as to where you're at in your business and the areas that need the most attention and time and focus this year. And from there, at the end, you'll get a nice invitation to test out the Society of Independent Creators, for free for 30 days. And that 10K challenge lives inside that society, inside that community, and you can test it out while you're in that 30-day free trial. Now, the invitation is stick around if you find it valuable. Um, We're posting in there every day. It's where I'm doing my daily writing. And there's an incredible group of about 40 creative individuals that are all building businesses just like you want to be doing this year. So if that's you, if that resonates, then come check us out. Again, start for free using that scorecard at craftsandcreative.scoreapp.com, and you'll be able to get access to that at the end. So on with the show, here is the conversation I had yesterday with Ilza about doing creative work at a professional level. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Darren, actually, I have a... uh very maybe off topic but uh, around your uh twitter circle you have a percentage what does it mean well it's not working super well anymore because of the way that the new twitter blue um prevents you from updating your your uh profile picture your bio too often but Mm. there's this guy named tony din who created blackmagic.so and he had this cool little 
plugin, um, this just one little feature that basically would track the percentage to the next milestone of your Twitter following. So I think I had it set to every hundred followers because when I started, you know, about it was about August of 2021 when I really was like, all right, I'm going to make a go at this creator, creative entrepreneur thing. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to do it in public. I'm going to try and grow my audience. And so it was a cool way to kind of see progress. And uh, I don't know, when, whenever I saw people that had the same thing on their profile and they were close, I'd be like, oh, I should probably go give them a follow and help them get to that next <laughs> milestone. So I've actually tried turning it off and it hasn't turned off yet. So I'm not sure what's going on. There. <laughs> but, but it attracted um, my attention and I wanted to know what it is and maybe I can get it as well. But uh, that's really cool what you say that you help others to start their audience and that's actually what you how we connected because uh, you had a giveaway and you offered a Twitter course uh, by Dagobert and I have to say thank you to mm -hmm. Zhang who tagged me <laughs> and uh, you chose me uh, and I got the course uh, it's a very good one and uh, you can see that I am applying the lessons that I got there that the most important thing you have to make friends on Twitter so I'm really happy that uh, this sort of uh, interesting circle how uh, we can meet each other in twitter it's uh, really really nice yeah i think it aligns really well with the business that i'm out here trying to build which is supporting creative entrepreneurs and creative individuals and content creators and artists and so i do these every i don't know randomly i should probably do them more regularly but every few months i'll find that there's a great you know, course or book or something that I've purchased and I found value in it. So I'll just grab another copy and, and offer to do a giveaway. It promotes, you know, the product for the creator. It promotes me because more people are seeing that stuff because everybody's sharing it and tagging people. And then ultimately it helps somebody on the other end who ends up receiving it. So I love doing those. They're really in alignment with the, the type of work that I'm doing and supporting and investing in creative people. Cause I want a future where every creative individual has the ability to do their work full time so that the world is full of art and music and film and writing and creativity, because I get worried about all of these AI things that are taking over and all the content's becoming robotic and similar. And that's not a world that I want to live in. And so if I can put a dent into the world by helping empower more creatives then that feels like a worthwhile endeavor. So could it be that the mission that you got uh, also happened when you started writing a book and uh, sort of getting uh, Twitter as your main um, source for growing your audience or it all happened before or how did you start to elaborate on it? Yeah, the, the business Craftsman Creative started right at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. So I was working at the time as a film producer on a TV show and we got furloughed for the summer because the pandemic was happening. Everything got shut down. It was a traveling TV show. So there was no way that we were going to hop on a, a car and drive across the United States when the pandemic was uh, alive and well and starting out. So I found myself with, for the first time in many years, some free time to work on some of these creative ideas that I had. And the one that I could work on because of the pandemic was creating these online courses because I could make them from my office and I could put them online. 
And so I finally started Craftsman Creative and the website is at craftsmancreative.co. And it started with these online courses and then it expanded to where I was producing courses with other creators and putting them on my platform and it grew and grew and it turned into this cool six figure business doing, we've got like 20 courses on the site and I wasn't using it as my personal brand yet. That didn't happen until about 18 months later in August of 2021, where I realized I really like this persona of the craftsman creative, someone who's really just paying attention to the craft and the strategy and the systems and the principles and the frameworks and all those things just kind of worked really nicely with the way my brain works. And so I decided to double down on it and kind of make that my personal brand. And I kicked it off with a book that I wrote in public. So I can, at some point I'll, I'll go and find the, (laughs) do they still have the nest here in the, uh, in the Twitter spaces where you can like share tweets and stuff? Um, there was one, if you go back to August of 2021, I, I kicked off a, a book in public, um, thread where every day I would update the thread with either a new chapter of the book or an update of the process of getting it edited or distributed or whatever it was. And that's really where things started from for me to get to this point now, um, that's where the business really took shape. And I said, I'm going to really focus my efforts on helping creative individuals build businesses. And could it be that you use the, the challenge? I think I read about it at the Tweet 100, right? To build a book and pop- I yeah. did, yeah. Did it help you to... Yeah, a friend of mine, Jay Klaus. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, but Jay Klaus started that right like the day before or the week before. He started this thing called Tweet 100 Challenge. Oh, wow, okay. It's basically just show up every day and tweet once a day and... There was a whole bunch of people in that group. Somebody created a bot that would retweet things. So there was just a lot of um, movement and a lot of engagement around that hashtag. And so I just wrote it and and was like, all right, I'm going to double down and I'm going to write a book during this Tweet 100. In the 100 days, I'm going to give myself that amount of time to write the first draft. And I did. I got it done within three months. And so it was a really great um, serendipitous like moment of grace that popped up at the exact right time. And it helped me connect with people like Jay and Justin Moore and Josh Spector and Dylan Redcop and all these great creators. They all were circling around that hashtag and that challenge. So it was a great um, opportunity to just really go full at, full speed at it. You were at the right moment uh, to start uh, the challenge and uh, writing your book. But would you suggest to others also to start building their personal brand by writing a book? Or it can be different kind of uh, things that uh, people can try. Because what I, why I'm asking this, because uh, some try with freebies uh, or making, I don't know, I'm making videos. Um, but book is some like a really big commitment that you did. Absolutely. So I think it really depends on where you're at. So if you're strictly talking about those who are beginning, maybe you're in your early twenties and you're just out of university or school, or maybe you're just leaving a job that you had and you're like, I really want to have a go at this creative thing. I think you got to do a lot of experimenting to start out. I, I don't think the right way coming out the gate is to write a book because like you said, it's a huge undertaking. It took six months and a few thousand dollars for me to get my book out the door. I think you could do it for cheaper and I think you could do it faster, but that's just, you know, I've done three books now. They all take about that same amount of time and investment. 
but I've also been doing creative work for 16 years and have run businesses and I've become a film and TV producer. I've, I've done, you know, video campaigns for big companies, fortune 50 companies. Like I've, I've been in this space for a decade and a half and that's a very different place to write a book from than I'm just starting out because what you're saying with the book, it's almost like a business card on steroids. And if you're still figuring out what you do, it would actually be counterintuitive and, and almost hurt you to write a book and then abandon it because that idea or that outcome or that focus isn't something that's interesting to you six months or a year or two or five later. And so I think a book comes a little bit later. I'm not saying you, sh you couldn't do that. And I'll, I'll still support and applaud you if you want to write a book and put it out there because I, I love books. I think they're amazing. But if your goal is to build a business around your creative work, then I think start with just content. Find one platform that has your ideal customer on it and that you enjoy being on. Those two are really important because I think my core audience at the time was probably more likely to be found on Instagram and Facebook than on Twitter or LinkedIn. And I chose Twitter because it was the platform where I knew I could find enough of my audience, but I actually enjoyed being on the platform. I, I can't stand being on Instagram. I don't like Facebook. Um, I, you, have, you won't find me on TikTok. Like, <laughs> those are just platforms that I don't personally engage in every single day. But I was on Twitter every single day, engaging with people, learning from people, spending time there. And I knew the platform and I was more focused on writing. So it made sense. So I think find a platform where your ideal customer is and that you enjoy and that you already kind of understand the language and the, um, the etiquette and the way that people engage here and then double down and just focus on that for like six months or a year. You can make a lot of, you know, cover a lot of ground in that amount of time, but get really good at putting out content and see what happens. So it's almost like an experiment. If you put out content around creating, if you put out content around building a business, if you put out content around um, marketing or sales or mindset or whatever it is that you feel like you want to be talking about, like experiment with it. Put it out there and see if people resonate, see if you can get engagement, see if it increases your following. I don't think you should be completely calculated where you only are trying to build your audience no matter what the topic is because you should still have a passion for it and it should still align with the bigger goals you have for the business you want and the lifestyle you want. But focus on one area, one platform, do it for six to 12 months and see where you end up. And at that point, then you can decide, okay, do I want to really double down or am I not as excited as I thought I would be around this? And that time and that experimentation is where you can really find out and discover the needs of that audience. And that's when you can write a book to serve those needs. So it's not just serving you, but it's actually serving the people you're writing it for. Wow. I hope people were writing this down. I have my notebook next to me, so I have a lot of notes that I will make uh, into my summary after the session, but a very, very good tips that you're giving. And now it also explains why when I Googled your name, you're everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, personal website, IMBD, Quora, uh, you're medium i think as well yes yeah mm -hmm. three websites three different websites <laughs> you have 
<laughs> and I was like, how? How did you manage to be everywhere? But uh, now I understand that you were um, making experiments, checking what you like, and you found Twitter as your main uh, place to be, right? Yeah, and honestly, I think the reason that I'm in all of those places is because I didn't have a good system. And so I would not recommend that you try to be everywhere all at once. It may look that way, but I, I haven't posted on Instagram in months. I haven't been on Quora in years. I haven't, I, maybe I think I still have an auto cross-posting plug-in thing that's taking my blog and posting it to Medium, but I don't spend any time on there. So the only platforms I've been on in the last year and a half are Twitter and a little bit of LinkedIn. Um, and so if it looks like I'm one of those people that's everywhere, I'm not. And it, I honestly believe that it requires a team of people in order to be everywhere all at once. And when you're starting out and when you're growing, when you're at one, five, 10,000, 20,000, I think until you're making 10 or 20 grand a month and can afford virtual assistants or part-time contractors that can help you cross post everywhere, it's impossible. I've, I tried it in the past. I tried to be everywhere all at once, tried to be on six different platforms, and it never worked. And so don't take the fact that Google will show you all the different sites that I have as like, that's what you should do. I definitely recommend that you pick one platform and grow it until you have just like the momentum where it's growing on its own. So my goal for Twitter is 10,000 followers. And I started at about 400 in August of 2021, and now I'm at like 27 or something. Um, but I've even kind of backed off of Twitter because email is so much more effective than Twitter. I know I'm kind of all over the place with some of these answers. But growth for the sake of growth and, and numbers and followers for the sake of followers on social media doesn't actually move the needle in your business. It's really how do customers happen? Can you get them from social onto an email list and engage them there and then put offers in front of them at the right time? Some people have figured out how to do that on Instagram or on TikTok or on Twitter, but I haven't. I have to get people off of Twitter and onto my email in order to engage them further. I have uh, two questions, but I'm not sure with, with, with which one to start. But first you mentioned about systems and then you mentioned that you get people off the social media to your um, website. Then how do you get them with, to the website and start uh, uh, receiving your emails? And then I will ask about the system. Sorry, too excited. <laughs> no, it's great. And I should be more focused no, on my no, answers no. so you only have one thing at a time. You just gave me three things I need to ask about. Ah. <laughs> okay. Um, so very systematically is the answer. So you want to think about how does a social media platform work? And we're all on Twitter, so we'll talk about that. So if you're, for example, in a space, I can see Brian here and Juan and Carol and Zhang. So I could literally tap on any of your faces and it gives me a quick bio. And if I'm really interested, I could follow or I could go and click on and try to, to go deeper, right? So the very first thing when you discover somebody in a comment or in a, the same room that you're in, you click on their bio, you click on their profile. So if, if their profile says, you know, lover of words, drinker of wine, walks on the beach, like, great, that's wonderful for you, but there's no reason for me to be pulled to like engage with you further, right? Because there's no like what's in it for me. So you really want your profile to speak to what's in it for someone 
if they decide to engage further, if they want to follow you, if they're going to engage with you, like what do they get out of it? So you're really shifting it from here's what I do to here's what I do for you or here's how what I do helps you. And so if you look at my profile, like I've probably iterated on it a dozen times in the last year and a half, and it's pretty solid now. And you can see that there's very specific, like click on this link and click on this link. There's two things that you can do. And if you need a little bit more context, then my pinned tweet is the thing that will give you that more context, who I am, what I do, how I help people. And so you also get an idea of just kind of the vibe and the tone. And am I a nice person? Am I a helpful person? Am I an angry person? And so you really want your profile to be a great experience for your ideal customer. So you kind of have to go a step back and think about first, who's my ideal customer? Who am I trying to attract here? But then you want to think all the way through to the end. What, what's the end goal? Well, you want to help people in a certain way through the offers that you have in your business. So you've got ways that you can help people. Maybe you've written a book. Maybe you've created a Notion temp template or a dashboard. Maybe you do coaching calls or consulting strategic calls. Um, there's dozens and dozens of ways that y everyone here could potentially help somebody. But you've got to think about the end goal in mind and kind of reverse engineer the the journey for people so that when they click on your link from twitter does it look the same does it feel the same or does it feel like whoa i just got transported through to another dimension so is it same imagery and same font choices and same things like that does it feel like a complete thought or a continuation of the thought and then you're doing the the same thing if you got them to click off of twitter onto your website You've got to have a strong call to action that says, here's how I can help you, or here's some free information, or here's some value, um, so that they kind of start experiencing what it would be like to engage further with you. So when you click on my site, it's a lot of like, here's a post, here's a podcast, here's a thing. There's a bunch of value before I ever like ask you for something. I don't, I don't hit you with buy this thing or sign up now or blah, blah, blah. It's not a hard sale. And then I've really engineered like email and offers in order to, to get people to become clients when they're ready, rather than trying to just shove people through a funnel and hope that customers come out on the other end. I, I did it again. I, I said too many things. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's okay. Uh, th that's my task to catch on something and then ask the follow-up question. And uh, I read a really interesting blog post by ConvertKit that, uh, yes, you have this really amazing strategy that you send uh, email sequence to people and then you check what they are clicking and then you know what else to offer them. So if they click there, they want this. If they click there, you give something else. So it's something interactive and it's not like, uh, I wouldn't say everybody, but uh, like you have made your emails intentional, like you talk with the audience. Yeah, 100%. It's a very, it's something I've worked on for probably a decade to get good at email because I've found that someone who I can engage with over weeks and months and sometimes even years through email they have such a better context when they're presented with an offer to buy a product or a service that I have instead of someone who just found me on Twitter and clicked on a link and then is presented with a buy now button. Sometimes that works. Sometimes they're exactly ready and they're, they've been looking exactly for what you have. And that happens sometimes, 
But there's a statistic that says that 85% of sales occur after the first 90 days. So I'll say that one more time because it's an important statistic and it, it helps frame the way that I do business. 85% of sales in business occur after the first 90 days. So if your sales funnel is get someone off of social media or get them from an ad to click on a website and then get them to buy like a really cheap tripwire type offer for one or seven or $9 or get it for free, just pay shipping or whatever it is. And then your hope is to upsell them a 49 or a 99 or a $500 thing. And you're going to hit them day after day after day with email, sales, email, sales, email, sales, email, after email, then you're really burning 85% of the people who need more time and more context before they ever buy. And so what you end up with is a 1% or 2% conversion rate, which means if you bring 10,000 people through that funnel in a year, you've burned 9,900 of them or whatever it is, or 9,000 of them. That's just not a great way to do business. Like I would never want to burn 99 out of 100 people with my offers and the and my business because then they'll never want to come back because they didn't enjoy the experience. So what I've found with email is I can convert like 10 or 15, sometimes even 20, 30% of people who are presented with an offer because I don't make the offer until they're ready to hear it. So when someone joins my email, they'll get a, a whole week's worth of emails before they ever are given an opportunity to learn more about the products and services that I have because the first five days are just let me give you a ton of value. Let me help you with where you're at. And so, like you said, exactly, someone comes into my world, into my email, and I know exactly what they need because of what they've clicked on. So they've signaled, they've kind of raised their hand to say, oh, I'm, I'm a solopreneur, or I'm an artist, or I'm a creator, or I'm a creative business owner, and I've got six people on my payroll, and we do a million dollars a year. I have those people joining my list too. But those individuals running businesses shouldn't be given an offer for my book. They should be given an offer for my high ticket, you know, done for you services that cost 10 and $15,000. So there's a lot of segmenting that's going on, a lot of tagging that's going on. And the whole purpose is to identify the right person with the right offer at the right time. And that right time is so important. Um, so many of the customers and clients that I have purchase after those 90 days but it happens because they have gone through a week's worth of emails and maybe a week's worth of sales emails. But then they're getting my newsletter every single week and I'm showing up with value every single week. So by the time they've been in three, four, five months, they finally are ready to click on one of those links at the bottom of the newsletter that says, work with me. And that's how sales happen. So I'm optimized my business to account for that fact that 85% of purchases happen after the first 90 days, which means you can 4X or 5X your sales just by playing a longer game than trying to convert people on day one. Um, I will say what Arvid Kahl would say about you. You most probably are a very good embedded entrepreneur. You know your target audience, you Possibly you're one of them, right? <laughs> uh, creative, uh, mm -hmm. uh, creative people, business people, or who would like to um, go away from hourly uh, rates and wages to do something uh, with their skills to each other's or, and um, I actually forgot what I wanted to say. 
but uh, I'm just very impressed. Um, and have you had any struggles? Because it sounds like you have had it figured out, like everything has been very smooth for you to build a personal brand, to make this transition. Um, maybe you can share what was difficult for you or how to change the mindset, uh, how to get this money. Yeah, well, that's the magic of social media is you can present just the good stuff and hide all of that stuff. And so I've actually tried um, over the last year or so to, to highlight some of the struggles and highlight some of the realities of um, the work that I've done over the last 15 years. So I, I did this podcast that everyone should check out. It's called The 10K Creator. It was a partnership with Joe Polizzi and The Tilt. So if you just go to 10K, like the letter K, or number one zero k creator show.com um, you can listen to that podcast for free and it's great because it kind of documented like the struggles and the hard things but to share a little bit of my backstory um, i ran a video production company for nine years here in utah and it was me and a business partner and sometimes we had contractors we would hire for shoots and we would do Anything from like music videos to Kickstarter launch videos to documentaries to anything like whatever came through the door, we would say yes to. And the problem with that strategy is we didn't ever identify like an ideal customer or the type of work we wanted to do. And uh, so we never really made that much money. I think the most we ever made in a year was one hundred and sixty eight thousand dollars. But for two people, if you're splitting it 50 50 after you spend, you know, 65 or so thousand dollars on overhead and then another 15% on taxes, you know, we were the most we ever paid ourselves was like 35 or 40,000 dollars a year, which again, I understand in in certain countries and certain areas and for certain people that's a lot of money. So I'm not trying to say that's not a lot. But when I when I left college at, you know, 23, yeah, 35 grand was great. But fast forward eight or nine years and I'm married, I have three young boys, we have a house, we have two cars, 35 grand doesn't go as far. So I had to figure this stuff out. And that business ended at the end of 2017 because I decided to leave, had a bit of a falling out with the business partner and was just like, I can't do this anymore. I had gone $15,000 into debt that year trying to keep things afloat. 2017 was definitely a low point and a very, very hard point because I had this passion to become a film producer and to do this creative work and have a life where I was, you know, living it on my own terms. And I was faced with the potential of having to go get one of those job things. And I really didn't want to do that. Those things are risky in my opinion. <laughs> so I didn't want a job and I had to figure it all out. And so I put myself out there. I reached out to everyone I knew in the industry here in Utah and said, look, I'm, I just left this business. I'm looking for producing gigs. You know, if anyone knows of anything, please let me know. And uh, I was so grateful because a friend of mine uh, recommended me for this TV show that I mentioned earlier. And I went in in January. So like November to January, I was essentially unemployed. 2017 had like no money coming in. And then 2018, January, I got this first client um, as a producer and everything just kind of grew from there. And so not to just gloss over the hard work of becoming a six-figure business owner and then building three separate six-figure businesses since the pandemic. But it was a lot of real hard work and realizing that I had to identify what worked and what didn't and then do more of what works and less of what doesn't. And the reason that's hard, and this speaks to the mindset bit that you mentioned, is that we have 
an identity that's associated with the work we do and who we are and the way that we interact online and all those things. And our identity is one of the strongest forces in the world. Um, it dictates like what you do and what you don't do and who you are and what you say and what you talk like and who you hang out with. Like all those decisions are really directly tied to your identity. And so in order to grow a new business, start a new business, enter different um, industries, because I was a filmmaker. I wasn't in the creator economy in the sense of being like a strategist or a consultant or anything like that. I was just a filmmaker. And so the the hardest part is expanding and sometimes even breaking and um, turning away from parts of your identity and becoming someone new. It doesn't mean that the current version of who you are or your identity is bad. But if you are if you have the identity of, you know, I have a few hundred followers and I make no money and I can't do anything and nobody sees any value in me, then that identity shows up when you talk to people, when you pitch people, when you write copy on your website, when you post on social media. And so in order to grow, in order to expand your opportunities and your business, you actually have to start with who you are and your mindset and your identity to go, okay, I want to go from a 10 figure or a 10 figure, <laughs> that'd be nice, a $10,000 a month to $100,000 a month business. Well, that requires me to take on a new identity and new actions and new beliefs and new practices and rituals and new habits. And so that's the work I'm doing this year. And it's hard. It's really, really hard. But that's what has to happen in order for us to grow and to create more opportunities and create more success and fulfillment in our lives. And so it's worth doing. So that's what's hard. That's what's been hard for me. And it seems that this hardship that you experience is something that drives you to help others as well and to to show that they can too. You just need to change the mindset how you do things and that there is a better life to earn more and uh, do what you love, right? Yeah. I mean, if you go back to my blog, it's just blog.craftsandcreative.co and the very first post that I wrote was the reason why I'm starting this thing. And I'll share this short version here, but right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, we, in my office where I'm standing just like five, six feet behind me, if this was on video, you'd see it in the video, but there's a picture of about 30 musicians that I worked with when I was doing live sound at a local venue. And some of those bands are like Imagine Dragons and Neon Trees and The Moth and the Flame, bands that you've heard of, bands that are like chart topping and Billboard 100, right? They all started here in Provo, Utah at this venue I ran sound at. And when the pandemic happened, I watched all of my artistic friends, my filmmaker friends, my music friends, they all freaked out. They all got really, really scared because all the gigs dried up, all the events stopped. There, were no, there was no touring, there were no live shows, there were no events. So they went from making whatever they were making to making zero, except for those that had the infrastructure of a record label and things like that to support them. So that for me was a turning point because I saw that none of them knew what to do. And I, I did, I had, I had answers. So that's why I started the thing. But at the time there, there was an experience I went through where I recognized how many of my friends had contemplated suicide. And it really, really hit me that it wasn't just about making money. It wasn't just about 
doing your work at a high level and getting skills and getting your talent. It was like literally for some people, like a matter of life and death. Like they cared so much about their, their art that they were, um, that they weren't ever going to go take a job. They weren't ever going to, um, abandon that thing they did. But when the pandemic happened, it got so hard because there was no money coming in. And so that was a driving thing for me in starting Craftsman Creative was to help anyone figure out how to make a living doing this creative work because I don't ever want to hear of another creative who's thinking about taking their life because they aren't able to figure it out. And actually now you're doing also a really nice thing. You offered your course for free to those that uh, lost um, their jobs. So this is really amazing. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, it looks like I cut out there a bit, so I apologize if I was rambling. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's um, It gives the perspective, uh, like what it uh, takes for, um, for a person to start sort of, um, I don't want to be rude, but sort of to get the shit together and start doing things mm -hmm. and uh, changing the mindset and uh, helping others and uh, be an inspiration as well to others. And uh, this is the point when uh, I will invite uh, our audience to think of questions. You can... Uh, request for Mike, I will give you the access to ask yourself or you can write in the chat. I know that there is a difference but uh, between uh, those that listen on uh, desktop version or on mobile. So if you are on desktop, please come to mobile because you will have more options to, to press buttons, to comment and to participate in the conversation. Um, and we have uh, one question that... Uh, I will read to you, Darren. So uh, what's the revenue split between info products and high ticket services? That's awesome. Yeah, so the, right now I'm building these new high ticket offers. They weren't something that I had in my business up until about November, December of last year. So it's only two, three months that it's been going. Um, but now that that's happening, it's like 80% high ticket and the rest is the info products. And so I have a few different info product revenue streams. I have this course business that I started. We now have 20 courses on the site and that does anywhere between five and 10,000 a month, depending on how well the, the course creators are promoting it. Uh, I think December was 10 grand and November was like 35 or 6,500, one of those two. So it varies a lot. Um, and that's a 50-50 split on those course sales. So I bring in revenue from that. But then right at the beginning of this year, you'll probably see it in my uh, pinned tweet, but I started this thing called the 10K Challenge, which was a two-week cohort-based course inside my online community where we literally would just like, let's build our, what I call the bespoke creative business. And so that was a $199 offer that people joined in on. We had about 40 people in the community that were participating and it was amazing. And so that's another revenue stream, the membership for the community and the, the challenge that we did. And then I have uh, my own courses inside that community, but then I have my book and I have merch now. And so that, that basically is very little at this point. The, uh, the book, maybe I sell three or five copies a month. I probably give away 10 or 20 a month. So 
the book was meant to be more of a lead magnet and a way for people to, to get some more context. So yeah, 80, 80, 90% right now on the high ticket stuff. Yep. Thank you for sharing. Uh, looking for more questions from uh, the audience. And uh, while we are thinking of questions, I just wanted to say that uh, I am uh, very, very grateful that you join our session today. And I hope that uh, those that join or will listen to the recording later will get a lot of, lot of value from you. And I'm hosting these spaces every Thursday. Um, and what I want is that I want to help people to build their uh, online presence because at some point in life it will be very uh, useful that you are uh, visible in one of the platforms to show what you're doing or building a uh, business, especially if you are employed and you lose your job, what do you do if you are nowhere? And uh, so I believe that uh, also a business, like uh, if you start a business, then personal brand is something that uh, people should think about and um yes i think nobody raised a hand or is willing to ask questions i think we have a lot of uh, uh thinking that we should do after the session maybe that's why uh people are like thinking what are the next steps what we can improve what is written in our bio are we walking in the in the um sunset <laughs> and what is what we can give to somebody else that uh, people would actually follow us and engage with what we do. Yeah, that's amazing. Let me share one other thing that I think is important. Um, and it yeah. ties into the story I was sharing about like why I do this work. When you have big enough reasons, you can really do anything. Um, you get really resourceful when you've got big reasons. And so if you're finding yourself with like lack of motivation to get up and do the Twitter thing every day, and to create the next piece of content or write the next thing or whatever it might be. If you're trying to build a business and you're, you're finding some resistance there, I would invite you to take a step back and think about your reasons why you want to do this. And it, I think the reasons need to go beyond just yourself. Like we all want to create freedom in our life, freedom of time and financial freedom and freedom of who we work with and where we work and all those things. But if it's just self-serving, I think it, it limits us of the impact we can have and the, the drive that we can um, get from that, re those reasons. So really think bigger than that. Think outside of yourself and think about the impact you want to have. And when you've got big enough reasons, then all the resourcefulness shows up. So, you know, we've got big goals this year. I want to grow Craftsman Creative to 100K a month that's going to require a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of work that I've never done before. But I've got these big reasons because the more I have, the more I can put back into the community, the more I can help people, the more resources I have to invest in other creators, to support other creators. And like that just excites me to no end. And so it's easy to get up early and it's easy to write every day and it's easy to show up on these spaces and, and take time and get in front of people and pitch myself all the time because I, I have that bigger vision that's driving everything. And so that's something you can do. You, it just takes the time. You have to take the time to sit and really think outside of yourself. Like, what, what do you want to accomplish? What are those big outcomes that you're after? And then support them with reasons, not just big goals, but big reasons. 
I'm writing this down. This definitely will come up in my notes after the session. Uh, big reasons, uh, uh, giving more. And so you get more to give more. And uh, very, very, very nice things you're saying and inspiring. And I hope that uh, everybody who joined the session will find a lot of value. And I actually forgot to tell you that the next session we will have with uh, Christine, who is an email marketer. And it's actually interesting that we have uh, Darren this time, who is, I would say, pro <laughs> at uh, <clears throat> creating email sequences. So it will be also an interesting conversation with a person who is building Twitter uh, audience and helping others with uh, email marketing. So thank you very much, Darren, and uh, let's be friends and uh, keep uh, inspiring each other. Awesome. Thanks so much. You did a great job, and this was a fun conversation. So if anybody's out there wants to chat, my DMs are open. Feel free to ask any questions anytime, and I'm here to help. Awesome. Thank you very much. Bye, everyone. Bye.